Here's a little story that must be told. From beginning to end. Now, here's a little story I got to tell. Here is a story about music. Stories about songs. DJ Pooh. When putting together this idea for this podcast, I went through, you know, my mental memory, if you will, and try to think about all the different stories I could possibly tell. And I kind of just picked these 10 somewhat randomly, you know, at first, uh, at least most of them. And I realized as I was putting the notes together that like four of the 10 stories mentioned King T in some way. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I know I'm a big King T fan, so I wasn't surprised. But it was just interesting that I picked stories that all seemed, a lot of them seemed to center around, not center around, but mention King T in some small way. So I figured I should do one that's a little more directly about King T. So DJ Pooh was one of my all-time favorite hip-hop producers and personally one of the more influential producers to me fairly early on in my short production career, if you want to call it that. You know, his work with King T was really, you know, how I became familiar. But, you know, beyond that, his work with Breeze, uh, Mixed Master Spade, Rest in Peace. A lot of people don't know that he worked with L.A. Posse on L.L.'s Bigger and Deffer record. Um, he worked with Run DMC on some stuff like Beats to the Rhyme. Dell's first album... Uh, Ice Cube, the lot of Ice Cube, Yo-Yo, the Get the Fist movement with a lot of the West Coast All-Stars, uh, Nefertiti and Deli Threat are two of my favorites that he did. Like, people sleep on those two albums. Uh, Nefertiti's Life, Living in Fear of Extinction, 94. Deadly Threat, Sick in the Head, 93. I'm here to let you know that no one plays me. I don't do crack cause I'm already crazy. And we don't need no more psycho people. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Haven't you heard there's a new sheriff in town? One black chief can't calm us down. We cross on my wife. And nigga ain't for my truck. Not drive call quest. The drive call west. Two really great albums that people don't talk about that Pooh is uh, one of the main producers behind. And, you know, the time, like late 80s, early 90s, he was doing remixes for Ultra Magnetic MCs, D-Nice, Antoinette, and, you know, just like some of the bigger names and other names he worked with, Too Short, Tupac, Snoop, What's Crack-a-Lack? Uh, the Dog Pound. And also, maybe lesser known, Mr. Grimm and uh, MC Trouble, rest in peace, and uh, Greg Mack for his compilation on Motown. He has this amazing career as a producer that I don't think people really know the full scope of what he's done from the 80s up through, you know, most of the 90s, but even more current. But even beyond that, it wasn't just him as a producer in his um, career. 
he's known in the film and game world. You know, he's the writer, a co-writer for like the Friday movie series, uh, The Wash, the movie Three Strikes. And he was involved in the writing for the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas game. So he's just a guy who's producer, writer uh, on many levels. And you can see him like some of those early videos as an actor as well. Uh, he, he's a he's a, a natural comedian. But for me, it was really about King T's debut album, Act of Fool in 88. An album that I love from the first time that I heard it. It's actually also one of the best hip hop album covers of all time also. Um, so I give that album that credit, but it's also a great album for the music. And I remember like, I loved it, but something about it that I learned later, for some reason didn't stand out at first. So like a year later, I was living in this place in Park City, Illinois, Colonial Park Apartments, and I didn't have any furniture. I had like this, like this dresser that had like all my equipment on it. I had like a picnic, like a folding picnic table for a dining room table with some folding chairs. So usually I would just be sitting in the middle of my floor on the ground, listening to music or doing whatever, because I didn't have any furniture. And this one day in particular, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of the floor with my Walkman, and I pulled back out, act a fool, and I'm listening to it. And particularly, it was a song, Co-Rock Stuff. Hit it, homie. Co-Rock Stuff. I like to make funky beats that record them. Sell them to the top MCs that can't afford them. They can't afford them. They can't afford them. Banging on the desk, making beats. Worth a million, worth a million. all the beats I remember. Locked in my brain from January to December. To I December, don't need December. a band to get behind me and stand. Yo, pull. What? Yo, pull. Pull. beat with your hand. For some reason, it struck me in a different way that day but it's the way that he's doing the hi-hats. The hi-hats have their own personality. The movement of the hi-hats and it's the way they sound it's like, why is he doing all that with the hi-hats? Like I never heard anyone pay that much attention to what the hi-hat was doing. And now I was listening to it like, I wanna hear what the hi-hats are gonna do. And then like, you know, he also does a little bit of that on the um, Just Clowning, the song with um, Miss Master Spade and Breeze. And it's not just the hi-hats, but those what grabbed me that day. And one thing I love about it, the album also is, even though this was the time where sampling is really becoming the primary way to make a rap record, and he's obviously adept at sampling, he's not leaning on the samples like so many people were doing then and still now. You can tell that his programming is what makes those beats great. Like, he's not just using the meters and being like, this is a dope sample. He's like actually putting in work with the additional drum programming and the way he puts it together, the arrangement. He's a true producer in the, in the, in the sense of the word that goes beyond how hip hop usually um, uses that word. So I remember like really capturing that in that particular day. And that influenced me like right away. Yo, Pooh, I've been watching you because you're like the master. I was in a rap group at the time called Wild Style. Welcome to reality. And I just got the Elise's HR-16 drum machine. And I, I was making a song called Reality. And so like, I remember producing the snares with these crazy snare drums, like trying to do my version of the way he did the hi-hats with the snare drums. I don't want to totally bite. 
but I wanted to show some influence. Welcome to reality. Knowledge now is being taught. Allow your mind to be caught into this encore. Uh, intellect. Learn something that you might need to know. Brace your brain for the lecture. Here we go. Speaking on reality. Something very clear to me. Now it's teaching you. So we all can be educated on the subject that is at hand. We're speaking intellectually. Hope you understand reality. And it basically told me that you can push the boundaries of what you do when you program a song. You can turn the quantized function off. You can go crazy. You can be wild. You can be different. You can give each instrument its own personality. And that really, uh, I learned that from Pooh. And because of that, for a long time, I've been wishing that Pooh would release instrumental versions of his records. Like, you know, like especially like that Daily Threat album. Like, the album is so slept on the way he does the beats and even Nefertiti, but all the ones I've already mentioned, like I would love to hear instrumental versions of those. And not just because I want to do like mashups or remixes or hear people rap on them. Cause I really don't want to hear that, <laughs> but it would be just cool to be able to sit down and analyze his programming just on its own, because I think he's really great on that level. I mean, like, even on his late 90s stuff, like his solo album, Bad News Travels Fast in 97, there are some songs on there that are great, especially the ones with Threat. Threat's a, just an unrecognized legend in hip hop, period. If you don't know about Deadly Threat, look him up because the dude's a brilliant writer and lyricist and MC. I deliver to you the new blueprints, vocal instruments, fat like them good year blimps, we pimps, beats, put them on the streets. Four hours, seven days a week, I kick science, but they still haven't learned. Step beyond the point and no returning, get wet. The rhythmic, hypnotic, ear narcotics, tricky for fanatics and the gang bang addicts uh, around the globe. Follow your nose down with the underground from my head to my toes. This record you're about to hear, the original gangster oh. hypnotic, cause I'm a gangster and you're not. You're a sucker and I rock one it up. Fresh out my cash fatigues. Are you BGs, you little leagues? Go play dark roles, run deep down in my genetic code. My DNA frequent, traveling, going in and out of juveniles, delinquent. And his work with Pooh, which is most of it, is uh, some great stuff. And it really shows the greatness of how Pooh can take all those like funk staples that are like in you know, so many of like the West Coast uh, hip hop production, but make them sound refreshing. And that's something that I don't think many people can do. So this is me trying to wheel that into the universe that if it, if those things exist, that people will put out instrumental versions so I and others with a similar ear can appreciate the great work of DJ Pooh. <laughs> 